They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Before I get into my very special guest today, I'd like to, as I always do, thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are the ones that keep me going. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin C.V., Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, and Little Nikki, and my newest patrons, Jessica Gronsbell, Jordi Cliado, and David Fleming. Thank you all so much for your support. Again, I would do this for free. Um, I do do some, hey, you get special content and things if you join my Patreon, but um you know, I would do this just for fun, but those of you that help, it helps as a secondary income. I have a wife and two kids. I have a full-time day job. And the fact that I can do something that's a bit of an artistic outlet with my shows and my interviews and my reviews and that you guys want to help chip in so I can keep doing that instead of having to do consulting work or something else that I would just be a shell of myself if I didn't get some of this. So thank you all so much. And this show today is brought to you by Skeeter Plays. That's S-K-E-E-T-E-R Plays. That's my buddy Steve Brennan, who you've heard on the Talkbuster podcast's new Let's Play channel over on YouTube. So go over and check it out. Um, Steve has been playing through some games I've never heard of before. And um, they're really fascinating, and he gets some good guests on, so go and check it out. And with that, this is my first interview of Salem Horror Fest 2020. If you're coming here, you've heard my reviews for a bunch of the films from there, and there'll be plenty more. But this is my first interview, um, and it is with the star of the film, Displaced. Um, Philip, introduce yourself to the masses. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Philip Jayani. Uh, most recently seen in the film, Displaced at Salem Horror Fest. Um, you know, I'm 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 honored to be here. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Um, it seemed like just us getting to this point was just so like organic and natural. Um, and I love when those type of interactions happen. But um, I'm glad that it happened. So thank you for your platform. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. The 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 honor and pleasure is all mine. I was. I highly recommend going and checking out the film Displaced if you can. If you're listening to this. While the horror fest is going on, jump right over there and check it out. Um, because you're hearing Philip's voice and then picturing the images going around of him on the internet from this film is going to be a, a fun juxtaposition. The exact same way it kind of works in the movie. You're, you're so damn charming when you show up on screen for the <laughs> first time. That that conversation with the little boy, um, I guess you're... you're uh, are you a, a family counselor or a, a, what was the exact, I, I, I was wondering if it was therapist or more of like a, um, you know, a helping battered kids, you know, what was the exact role there? Um, dang, like at this very moment, I forget what the name is, but yeah, <laughs> sir, like a, you know, it was kind of like a, oh man, I forget it. If you say it, I would know. I should know this. I'm so and, sorry. And I'd be able to come up with it <laughs> off the top of my head. This is what, why off the cuff works, but also makes for fun. <laughs> But, you know, like like someone, I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? They always say they're going to come and try to take my kid. It's like the, the family services kind of place. Yeah, yeah, in, 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 in that realm. Um, you know, I, I basically just help take care of, you know, I look after kids. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give too much away because of the film. You'll, you'll, I mean, right. if you watch the film, you'll understand as to why that is my job. However, um, you know, I'm just trying to help. I'm always trying to help uh, because I didn't want, I, I wasn't helped in that way, so. I wanted to do the same thing. So yes, um, exactly. as we talk, as we talk, we're going to, I'm going to think of the name of what I, what I was. And I'm, we're going to be like, Oh my God, like that was it. I don't know why I can't come up with it. It's, it's killing me here. And I'm not going to, I don't want you to hear me typing away, go and find it. But um, no, it's just, it, it's, it's fascinating because the movie, like you said, does so much to deconstruct that original image we get of you in that scene. Now, was that, I've talked to a couple of people. Some of the movies in this fest, I came to find like the dialogue was improv in a lot of them, which blows me away that anyone can do that. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know if this was a written thing or what, but you just seemed so natural there. That conversation, the story about, you know, the kid not wanting to eat chocolate, you know, thing just felt like something. 
if like I, I you know I've been in scenarios like that you know where, where you've had to talk to a kid and get them to open up and that's the exact way you do it it just felt so damn real yeah i mean so first and foremost uh well just to answer your question that scene actually was not improvised um at all um i mean i'm sh- like don't get me wrong like there were some moments where like you know i had fun with it but uh i mean all the dialogue that i had said uh was in the script um so that was all josh i i can't take full credit for that. Um, that was a scene that I was actually very nervous for um, because of how he wanted to shoot it on the day. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of how he wanted to shoot it. Um, but I mean, the the kid was amazing. Um, Nicholas, yeah. Nick or Nicholas, he's, he is like, I wish I was hit at his age, like able to do what he does. Um, I mean, he shines in ways that like, you can't really like, isn't like glaring, but like, it's so subtle and it's so nuanced. Um, and he helped me a lot. Like he helped allow me to like get really comfortable with him. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we had worked together. Uh, this is like, it just, we just jumped right into it. Uh, we spoke very briefly prior to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, we, we were all kids at one point, you know, so I can personalize like chocolate being poop, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was just, it was like a fun thing to do. Um, it, it, but there was just the nervousness on my part of like, okay, this is the opening scene of the film. So I have to set the tone in the way that needs to be set for the remain, like the rest of the film. You know what I mean? Um, and this is very important because it shows who Nathan at that moment in time. And cause we see him totally change throughout the, the film. So, but that was really fun. Uh, it was not improvised. Uh, so all credits to Josh Atkinson, uh, writer, director, and also actor in it. Um, that was all him. So all credits due to him for sure. No, that that's that's awesome. It's just it, it always amazes me, especially you know as someone who's dabbled in you know small film production type stuff. When you can you know, obviously it's it's really easy to to put a nice looking shot on screen right now because of technology but i always say mm-hmm. that still doesn't make us all cinematographers right like you need to know how to stage a shot it doesn't matter how great the camera you're using is um and the same can be said about you know acting right like you can you can have really great written dialogue and sometimes that can overcome you know because because film is never there there's no perfect film out there right like everything right, has to right, work right. together in a way that you accept it and the acting with you and and that 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 kid in this scene is just i i remember sitting there when it was over and going wow like whatever movie this is setting up like i know this character 100 percent now oh, wow. and yet i did and, and that's what was so cool about the movie <laughs> is like it, you, it's like i feel it, it sets you up to be very um to be very uh, compassionate towards Nathan. Absolutely. So that, so that as you see Nathan start learning more about himself, you start questioning it. You're like, well, wait a minute. No, this guy, no, this can't be right. <laughs> you know, and it's- Right, right. It's- and that was that was like my main angle. Like I wanted, again, like I touched on like, you know, this is the opening scene of the film. So, you know, that kind of like sets the tone. It's kind of like how action films, and I don't know if you know this or if your listeners know this, but like every- Usually every director, especially in an action type film, um, has starts off with a bang. You know, it's like that first chase and then yep. it goes into like the title scene of, of whatever the movie is. You know what I mean? That first big like shebang. Um, so, you know, we didn't have like explosions, a uh, big budget or like I wasn't like jumping from like roof to roof you know, you know, on a helicopter or like a, a motorcycle or something cool. But this was our bang. So I went and I knew that and we all knew that. So. Uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I nailed that down. And, and then also, you know, I wanted to establish who Nathan was. I wanted people to start to start to fall in love with me. You know what I mean? Because I felt like if you fell in love with me early and you had some type of compassion towards him, um, it makes good for an amazing journey. Like, you don't even know where you're about to go from here on. Like, I mean, we know, but that's the journey. That That's what we want to take you on. You know what I mean? That arc. So uh, that was just a big moment for us. And I'm glad we nailed it, uh, in my opinion. Uh, to your opinion, I don't know if other people will feel the same, but I I, I felt very confident um, when I did it, and I felt uh, just as confident when I saw it uh, on screen too. So, no, that's exactly, and it's funny. I'll I'll say this more when I talk to Josh, but you mentioned that Josh, you're a writer, director, and actor. When Josh's Twitter handle popped up, reached out to me about the review for the movie, and as soon as I saw his face, 
and realized he was that guy. I can't, ah, like, no, <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. That fake. Yeah, I'm saying very nice things, but I'm secretly trying to kill you. Face that his right, character right, had right. the whole goddamn time. Yeah, I mean, um, it was like it was like a layer that he could just peel back like every time. You know, it was, it was unbelievable. Crazy. And and it's 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 so cool. Now, before we go deeper into the movie, um, because I always I always like to jump right in, you know, and that opening scene is a perfect place to jump in. But like, take me back, like, you know, how do you end up at Displaced? Like, what's your background? Um, so my background is kind of similar to actually the majority of the cast, or at least the top cast. Um, we come from uh, a school uh, by the name of William Esper Studio, acting studio in um, New York City, like New York, New York, Manhattan. Um, mm -hmm. and Just there. Yeah. Oh, w wonderful. I, I, I miss it. Like, I, I'm home now visiting the parents and staying with them. But, um, you know, so we all came at different years. Uh, I think I was the most recent graduate of the entire cast. Oh, myself and Megan, uh, who plays Heather. She's amazing. Yep. She's scary and creepy as hell. Um, oh god yeah we we both we both actually we we didn't have any classes together however we were at esper at the same time um you know uh i i heard of the audition uh, by way of the school um and i finally felt at the time i was a little bit frustrated too because you know the auditions that i were getting like very independent auditions were you know they were tailored to just one group and it was like white male of 25 20, of, of my age you know what i mean and i felt like you know a lot of these roles that i'm getting uh, or I'm seeing I could audition for like why do they have to be a Caucasian role um, not that it can't but I just felt like you know there's diversity uh, everywhere and opportunity for everything um, but this one actually wasn't that and I was like wow and I read the log line and I was like this is, seems like a really interesting story and then I saw that it harped on gentrification I was like that's huge because at the time I was living in um in Bedstock, Brooklyn ironically where the film takes place um, oh, no but just way. knowing just gentrification in general I was like, you know, this is a topic that like you don't typically see or haven't really seen uh, really like in anything that I can think of or couldn't think of at the time uh, because this was last year, like early 2019. Um, so, you know, I submitted for it, auditioned. Um, I felt really good about the callback, ended up getting a callback um, and then, you know, just went through the whole process and, you know, then I was cast and, you know, that was actually my first role, my first film role out of acting school so yeah wow yeah yeah so when, when did when did you graduate so i graduated acting studio william s william s for around like was that 2018 summer of 2018 and wow. it was winterish it was winter or late fall early winter i think when uh displaced kind of like found its way to me and i'm so glad that it did because um you know it's it's rare that when you're coming out of acting school, your conservatory, um, that you get a role that says deep and you get to go there, you know, immediately. Um, because I was fresh off of like what they train, what they give you, the training and the tools that they give you at William Esper studio is like, you know, you can go anywhere. You can lend yourself to any circumstance, any scenario and make it feel real as if like you've actually been there. Um, so, and I love doing that. I love like drama. I love, like, you know, I don't not to say that I love to cry, but, you know, I just I feel connected to those things. Like those like, sorry, you know, those, like the, 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 the scenarios that really like make you think about human life and just, you know, personal interactions and relationships and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I easily could have just did some type of like boy next door, cute guy role. But I was really, really uh, fortunate that um, I was able to, to find this place and Josh gave me the opportunity to to really like show people that more than just uh, what I would be typecasted for. You know what I mean? Um, especially straight out of act acting school. Um, this was a role that I could not wait to play and I had so much fun playing it. Um, and I'm forever indebted to Josh uh, for the opportunity. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And, and you know, you, you touched on something really important there about, about your performance and, and it definitely comes out. The, the first thing I was going to ask is, you know, your character um, revealed as we go through the movie es escaped a cult. That's the, right. that's the um, big overarching thing. And as soon as you walk out of that conversation with the little boy, the movie immediately starts to, and it doesn't like beat you over the head with it, but the characters in the movie, obviously there's some, I wouldn't call it a level of discomfort with you, but there's a level of mystery around your character. Like your, your coworker says, 
you tell you know that hey where'd you pull that story about the shit out of that's that's you know that was wild and you go oh no that actually did happen and then she gives the where did you grow up and it Mm -hmm. leaves that little foreshadowing like pin in your head of something's going to come of that there's going to be something about what went on with this guy that's going to be important but it doesn't it doesn't make it be the only thing you're worried about in the movie. Like you, you yeah. then start caring about this guy and what's going on. And you mentioned the, the, the ability to emote and feel in a situation. One of the first big scenes with you after that couple moves in, you know, on the, the night you have the interaction with Josh, your like absolute, like breakdown freak out over that where mm-hmm. you're like in a fetal position. I'm just like, where did it like, you know, a- acting is hard, and and I and I and I mean that out of the most respect. Like it's hard to make that believable, and a good stage shot and good writing can can serve. You know, but you just ran with it, and and I'm like, w- to hear that it's your first role, that that takes a lot of um, courage to want your first role out there to be such a many layered character like that. Like, like you said, you're not playing just like the cute guy next door or the, you know, empowered action movie guy. No, this is a guy with struggles and issues and it, it just, it, it blew me away. Yeah. I mean, well, let me just clarify. Um, this isn't my first role. It's just my first role outside of acting school, like my the yeah, training. Yeah, so thank you. What, what, like, like I would never be able to do like without William Esper studio, I would never be able to do anything of what you saw or what yeah. I did in, in this place. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I, so I, I told my mom, like, when I finally booked this role, I was like, hey, mom. So I booked my first, like, role out of school. She's like, great. What is it? And I was ta- kind of, like, telling her. And I was, like, really, like, say, it was heavy with, on the satanic side of things and, like, you know, the devil and all that stuff, um, which is funny because uh, she's Christian. Like, she is, oh. like, Christian to the core. And, um, you know, I, I was raised in the church and all that stuff. You know, I was an usher. I was all that stuff, choir boy. Um, so, yeah. So it was just funny that it was funny to, 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 to see that um, this is a role that I am proudly accepting and I cannot wait. But I'm also like, yeah. So, I mean, like, this is what I'm doing. I don't know if you're going to want to see this one, you know, because she, she'll watch everything that I've done uh, and everything that I do. But I was like, I'm not totally sure if you really would want to see this one. But um we'll see if that changes um because of all of the reception that it's been getting um and i might just kind of like just press play you know and she doesn't even know it and the next you know like i'm on the screen and she has no choice but to watch it you know what i mean um but um yeah so that was a cool aspect too and i'm really excited to see uh how that plays out with her um i'm sorry did i did i answer your question uh you did no you did that's it and I'm I'm sorry I got the you know thank you for clarifying on the on the acting thing because it's just no, that's, you know that's, that's okay. I, I guess the clarification would be a movie that's going to be so that's already being so widely seen right I can I can see that being uh you know like like you said your mom's seeing the movie right I mean your your character arc in this movie is is an interesting one and there's definitely things that happen on screen and are alluded to on screen that you, I could see uncomfortable sitting in a room with my mom, you know, watching me do them. But, but at the same time, you're just so damn good in it. And that goes for the whole cast, quite frankly, but yeah, you know, everyone, the, was, everyone was phenomenal. Um, and Megan, you know, you like, she, she reached out to me about the review too. And again, seeing her face pop up on like a Twitter message at like 11 o'clock at night where I'm like, I have to go right now. And the, the ASMR video stuff and the, it's, it's in my head. And I, I need, yeah. I need to not be thinking about that right now. Well, like I remember, I remember like way back, like because you know we we uh, would start doing like small rehearsals like early in the process, like because so like I was kind of late, and I'm sure Josh will Josh might talk with you about this, but I was kind of late in the process. Um, you know, this place was already kind of like a thing before I came in. Um, so Megan was already there, Josh was there, and some other people. Um, so I kind of like just stepped in uh, with who was already there and just kind of like tried to find my own puzzle piece to the puzzle um, and just find a little place. Uh, so when I was rehearsing with Megan, I remember, uh, you know, it, there wasn't with Megan. I don't know, like maybe there was, I just didn't know subconsciously, but there wasn't much acting with her, um, whatever. Like I had to interact with her one-on-one because uh, the work that she does and the work that she brings to the table is like so scary. I mean, like it's creepy, like internally, like you, like I'm looking at her and I'm like, wow, she is really creepy. But I'm also like, you know, I'm doing my thing. So it's like, I don't know if I was really scared 
or if I was just Nathan was scared. You know what I mean? I don't know who was scared. Was it Philip or was it both <laughs> Philip and Nathan? I really don't know. Still to this day, I don't. Um, and a lot of the reception that I'm seeing about Megan, like on like social media, is like just how creepy she is. Like, and then together her with Josh, it's like you know the the, the couple from Get Out. I keep seeing that uh, reference a lot too, and that couldn't make me any more happier because. First of all, I love Get Out as a movie. I, we we all love Get Out and Jordan oh, yeah. Peele, um, but to just it's just a nod to like how amazing she is. You know what I mean? Um, and what's funny is that she's the complete opposite of that character. Um, she's probably the most giggly, like smiley, like soft spoken person ever. Um, so to see like a total complete transformation of her on screen versus her in real life. I literally, I'm, I get lost for words after a while. Um, but I'm just, I'm really glad that I got to work with such a great scene partner because she made my, my day and my job uh, easier at some points. You know, sometimes I'd be tired. Sometimes I would be like, all right, we gotta do this again. But like doing it with her just made it a lot more easier. You know what I mean? Oh no, absolutely. And you know, she had actually mentioned the, the, you know, going for the, you know, the family from Get Out in their performance as like something that she wanted to make sure came through. And it really does. And, you know, oh, yeah. it's it's great that you bring that up because, you know, before Get Out and since Get Out, you know, um, movies that are socially conscious, racially conscious have been a, a really big thing. And the quality of them has been or well, the quality of them has been great for a long time. But the quality of the ones that make it to public consumption has been getting mm-hmm. a lot more. But there's also been some that have come and, you know, this isn't, you know, a, a podcast about dropping anything else down. It's it's to build your movie up. Of There's some that I think use it and then don't fully follow through on it serving the movie. It's like, OK, well, that got us here. But you know what? We just wanted to do some horror stuff. So we kind of leave that point at the door um, and get out is one of the ones not suffer from that. Get out is a is a socially conscious racially driven film first and foremost that uses horror to serve its story um yeah. it reminds me of uh the original night of the living dead george romero had written the character to be um it could be any race and he ended up the the person he hired for the role was a black man and that ended up serving the performance and actually led to script changes and a power dynamic change that he wanted to make sure that that guy was the strongest person in the room. And that was nowhere to be seen in cinema at that time. Right. So that, that movie gets remembered, but it's great for you to say that you saw a casting call for somebody like you, because this movie needs that, central performance right the gentrification thing is so and not just gentrification gentrification racial diversity all those things are so heavily um put throughout that you know in in my review and reviewing the movie i'd said you know they're so embedded in the movie and so embedded in society that i'm not even sitting in a position where i can properly talk about them and so i just want to say that you know the fact that the movie hits a home run with that, you know, the where you are when things play out at the end, it's such a stinger. Or I'm just sitting yeah. there and going, you know, the <clears throat> juxtaposition with the homeless guy at the beginning, you know, being <laughs> shot away by by your grandmother, and I'm like, oh yeah. my god, they nailed that. And <laughs> how um, you know, how like, so so you 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 go in for the role. Did the script like just catch you like right off the bat? Like, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, it's so it's rare. I wouldn't. I don't actually. I don't know if I can confidently say that it's rare um, because I'm I'm really early in my career. But um, yeah, yeah, I remember in in acting school, like some things I'd have to work a little bit harder to like get there or like you know find the love for it that it deserves. Um, and then there were some pieces that I did in acting school where everything would just jump right off the page, and I already knew who this character was. I knew. Like, I just knew, like, you know what I mean? It was almost like I was that person. And it was just like, let me just be a vessel. Like, I like to call myself a vessel. Um, On my Instagram, my bio says, like, a vessel. But, like, I like to say, when that happens, when that happens, it just makes, it makes it a lot more, a lot easier for me. But it's also so much fun. Um, It's just so much fun to do. Uh, So I read the script and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I definitely have to do this. Because, um, I mean, at the time, uh, to go back to what you were saying with regards to all the uh, social issues that it touches upon. Um, it also touches upon, uh, besides gentrification, uh, police brutality uh, yes. that we've been seeing in the in our climate for the, for way longer than we should, and still to this day. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, that was, and I remember even Josh was just being the amazing person that he is because at the time, you know, we were still having some some fallen uh, fallen soldiers. Uh, you know, my, my black brothers were falling victim to police brutality. When it came time to doing the scene that targets that, I'm not going to speak on it because I want people to see it in the in the film. Yeah, but oh yeah. When, when, we, when, we, when we did that scene, he came to me uh, beforehand, um, during and after, making sure that I was first of all okay with this. You know, how far do you want to go? How do you want to limit how far we go? Uh, are you okay during it? How do you feel afterwards? Um, like just everything. And I, I felt the, 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 because of that, I felt very supported. Um, and I knew that it wasn't just anything that he was trying to get cool, cool points for, but more so something that he was doing out of like just genuine love and his heart. So I had no problem telling him, Hey, like this is something that needs to be done. We're not seeing it that much, you know, but we need, we need more of it. So let's go for it all. And then let's have that conversation it's out you know what i mean let's let's push this envelope and let's really go for it and if we have to draw back we can or if we have to edit it we can do that but i think it's in our best interest given what we're going through right now to be a vessel you know to to bring that up again but just to go for it all and you know let's literally let's keep this conversation going we cannot stop talking about it until it's done um so you know i thought that was another aspect that i saw when i read the script back then uh, that is that was really impactful for me to wanting to make the decision to say yes to Josh to do it, um, and it's funny because even back then it was a big issue and it still is today. Like when I'm talking to you right now, it hasn't changed. Right. And just so you know, um, uh, like, like I said before, it's your show as much as it's mine. But I want you to know that you you are speaking with an ally, who um, uh, you know. Black Lives Matter on this show. We are anti-fascist. We are all of these things that we are called terrorists for believing in right now by one half of the world. So um, I just wanted you to know that uh, you are welcome and comfortable to talk about these things. And I'm so glad you brought it up because that scene, without blowing what's going down in that scene, I love that films can happen so quick now. That, Like yeah. you said, this was like a 2018, 2019 script, 2019 production. We're talking about it in 2020 and that it's able to speak to something that still so was so relevant and still is so relevant now to see a horror film use that as a dramatic vessel for, you know, putting out not only are there real dangers with satanic couple that's trying to kill you in your mind, you know, at that point in the film, but they also can use the real life horrors that any person in your position could deal with against you is so amazing. And I remember sitting there going, wow. And like, just like a good, a good horror flick that's socially conscious like this one, you stop caring about, the main central conflict of the movie, which is this guy trying to deal with is this cult that he escaped trying to get back at him. And it's, right. you start worrying about the real guy and what's going on with him and the world around him. And this movie walks that thin line between the two perfectly, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, that's, I agree. Was I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it was funny cause um, I, I had this, I had this thing where like, like after every film that I watch or like just any kind of like film, uh, like knowledge or just behind the scene facts or just stuff that you would never know uh, about any production. Um, I'm all, I'm all over it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I think I had remember reading um, Denzel Washington in, in the film glory. Um, oh. He had said in, 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 the, in the scene where he's being, uh, he's getting like lashes and he's getting, uh, um, I think he said right before that scene, he said a prayer and he prayed to like, his ancestors and like the people, you know, like who had died on the plantation grounds that they were filming on. And he was like, look, you know, I'm one of you guys like live through me. Like I am your vessel. Use me to get through this scene. You know what I mean? And then we have now that iconic like stare of Denzel just getting, you know, his lashes to his back. And he just has that like one tear. Like that's what we call like the Denzel tear. You know what I mean? That like just tear that once you're just falling down. So I, I, not that that was my moment, but I understood like the gravity of like what that moment was for him as far as like getting to a place beyond where you know how to do it on your own, like just with the tools that you've learned and studied at school, but it becomes more spiritual, becomes more like divine in a way, you know what I mean? So 
like I felt like I was kind of tapping into, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, uh, Tamir Rice, uh, Eric Garner at the time. Those were the the the, the big wig, uh, you know, black men that had been passed away. So many more now, but um, I feel like I was using them as help to get me through that, um, in order to serve the purpose and the goal of what that scene was, which is the reason why Josh was like, hey, how far do you want to go? Are you okay? You know, let me know. Let's talk about, it. you know what I mean? So I felt really comfortable to do that. And I'm, again, I, I will probably say it so many times, but I'm forever indebted in Josh's hands because of just this project, uh, what it, the, 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 the stuff that it targeted, talked about me and what it was for me, uh, everything. Um, yeah. And that's that's a hard line to walk, right? Like the fact that you have such wonderful things to say about Josh, and I can't wait to talk to him about this too. Is you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, flack that can come as as someone not of a particular marginalized group trying to absolutely, absolutely be an ally and be a voice for them, and for Josh to come out and have you be able to say that after, again, that's just that that shows that shows um unity right and that's right. something that we need so much of and that that's so great to hear you say that about him because uh you know i even said that when when i first said i was like wow the director and writer of this is is a white man like that you i did not know that till after i watched the film and <laughs> it it comes off so naturally just a story about about you know marginalized groups and struggle and gentrification and like you said why can't why does the role have to be a Caucasian guy? Why can't it be me? And it's the same right, thing exactly. with why, why, why is it, why can't Josh tell, tell a story that means something um, and not have it be, you know, his struggle and his background that, you know, is, is what he's writing about. And I just, I think that that's such an important thing right now. The behind the scenes thing you touched on reminded me of a, a Steven Spielberg, um, who's, mm -hmm. who's a Jewish man that makes a lot of movies yeah. where Nazis are the bad guys. Schindler's he, List, right? I think he's behind Schindler's List. Yeah, Schindler's, Schindler's List and, yeah. and the Indiana Jones films. Two out of four of them have Nazis in them. He, um, his big thing is he has to recreate historical Nazi imagery for these movies. Swastikas, Gestapo uniforms, all this stuff. He has a public with the crew burning and destruction of all the stuff at the end of every film set. So no one can take oh. them off set and sell them <clears> to <throat> neo-Nazi groups. He said, we, we, we therapeutically purge because what we're trying to do is we're trying to depict it as it was, but we don't want it to be around and used in any way other than what the movie is saying, which is, this is wrong and it never should have existed. Yeah. And, and I yeah, think wow, that's I fantastic. That. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so dope. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thank um, you for that, Jim. I, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's wild because you, you think about it, you go, well, what, what's a place you know, you just think about how bad that could be. Like, right. You have like a show like man in the high castle, you know, or something yeah. with all this, all this negative stuff. I mean, hell, um, you know, a movie about slavery, the, the amount of things that you could make for that, that if they get into the wrong hands could actually be used for the opposite effect of what it was going for, you know? Right. right. Um, yeah. And so you got to be careful with that stuff and he makes sure that it's just all destroyed. And, and I think that's great. Um, Especially like to say that he's like therapeutically purging it. You know what I mean? There's like a, there's a spiritual aspect to it. You know what I mean? Um, he also said in any movie when, um, when someone has to give a salute, like a hail Hitler or something, he always <laughs> tells them, you know, put your hands behind your back and cross your fingers, you know, <laughs> like some way that some way that for yeah. you makes, so I'm denouncing this, you know what I mean? Is yeah. said it's yeah. very important to him. Um, and I think that's great. So, uh, you know, you talk about your role and, you know, what was your, you, see, you know, you're a vessel for the character. Um, what were some of the, uh, were there roles that you took for inspiration for how Nathan should be? I know that this is a modern day horror film, but it, you know, with the satanic occult stuff, it definitely harkens back to like the Rosemary's Babies and, you know, the 1970s and 80s, like Omen, like possession films, like things like that are definitely yeah. there. Like, what did you use to base? Because Nathan is a unique character in this mix with the way his story plays out it's it's usually the inverse <laughs> of, right, of how right. plays out. so right um well honest well to be honest with you chris i i didn't even think like i had prior to this script or even the opportunity finding its way to me i never had even entertained uh the idea of horror or like thriller at all in any way shape or form as an actor at least, at least right now um 
So I still, you know, and also just coming from that Christian background, um, I just, I was like, wow, like, I can't believe this is really happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like I may be like thriller of like, you know, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of vibe, but not like satanic, you know what I mean? Like we're devil here. We're, 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 my religion is that, is that question here. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, so I didn't even have any interest towards it, but, um, once I did, um, and again, like the character and everything just popped off the page for me. I kind of like, I was, I really understood Nathan uh, in many ways. Uh, you know, I, I definitely looked at Daniel Kaluuya and get out, uh, for his, uh, anxiety and the trouble that he went through in his situation. Um, I watched some satanic, uh, panic documentaries. Um, yeah. I gotta admit though, they were a little bit like grotesque and just disturbing at some points. Um, yes. but I powered through it, got through it. Um, you know, I, but I, 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 I don't think that Josh had much problem, uh, with, or had much concern of me because I remember like the auditions were very, very like visceral for me. Like I, and I even like did it a couple of times, even though I knew that they felt okay. I just wanted to do it just to really show that I understood who this guy was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and, and again, like I'm not even a huge horror movie fan or, or, or thrillers for that matter. So, you know, I remember on set, like Josh and our, um, uh, some of our crew members were just literally like in between setups and like camera shots and just, literally just talking about all these cult horror films that I had never even heard of. Um, and I felt kind of left out, um, to be yeah. honest with you. But, you know, I knew that, you know, with them being on the same page, as long as I did what I had to do, you know, with their, with their film, their cinephile horror knowledge and, like, just my understanding of what we're trying to do here and what this, what, who this character is, I think we're going to mess well together. You know what I mean? Um and it's funny because at the rap party, we actually watched, uh, I forget the name of it, Josh can te- te- definitely tell you when he talks to him, but we watched uh, one of the classic horror films that uh, Josh like knows and loves, like dear to his heart, but he has an immense knowledge with film and horror uh, and thriller. So he's more your guy for that. But yeah, no, I love dramas. Remember, I, I-, I like crying and like, you know, I like humanistic yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? But you know, it just it just worked out and I'm glad that it did, you know what I mean? Honestly, well, that's that's probably why it works out so well, to tell you the truth, because I can't wait to talk to Josh, because if you're saying he's a big, you know, like, you know, gore, satanic, like over the top horror cinephile, like literally, I'm pretty sure any film that you think, you know, he knows like 10. Did you know that film like he it's it's it's, it's actually insane. I just like seeing that, that he that he made a film that was so nuanced instead. Like this is, you know, this is more in in the genre of the get outs. You know, a lot more is implied and displayed, com- um, described by characters that's horrific than is actually horrific in this film. You know, but the movie still had a lasting thing. This movie is stuck with me because it's impactful. The idea of what could have gone on, you know, and and what is being um threatened to go on, is um is horrific. I mean, yeah, there's there's a couple of bits that are that are pretty gory, but it's that's not what the movie's about. The movie's about, you know, the, the mystery surrounding Nathan and what's going on. And, you know, the, these, uh, these people next door that are way too, that are so nice that they obviously can't be, be nice, but at the same time you can get why everyone around them are so charmed. Um, yeah. And more importantly, the themes that the, the, the film just harps on, you know what I mean? That we, that we, we target, uh, face first head on. Yeah. Um, and what I, I did learn from shooting this, I'm sorry. Ahead, what sorry. What no. I did learn from shooting this is that uh, nothing compares to 70s and 80s like classic cult horror films. Like I apparently like I, I haven't lived because I haven't watched or seen any of these things. But <laughs> one day I, I will start. Um, but I do know if we want to go modern day, uh, I think there is a, a lot of inspiration from uh, the good people over at Blumhouse. Uh, Blumhouse oh, yeah. I think also helped produce uh, Get Out. If I'm not mistaken, you could yep. probably know more than me. Yep. Yep. Um, but what were you gonna say, sir? I'm so sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I love I love the line because um, I I love when the film reveals that there's a lot more going on than just these two are charming. Like the you know oh they made it so you couldn't see you know kind of stuff is all really great lines that I love. But I also love that your the character of your grandmother is very much the well I gotta pay the rent. So even yeah. if you know, even if they were awful people, I kind of need to float this for a little bit. And it's like that how easily 
just in in a real life scenario, leave out the satanic stuff, you could get taken advantage of by someone who is not really in your best interest just because of the situation that society puts you in. You know, just because Um, you're just trying to fill a spot, you're trying to fill a void. It's a really incredible theme. And like I said, it follows through with those themes the whole way through. It never forgets that that's its main purpose as a film is to deliver that theme. The, the fact that it's delivering that theme with a 70s style satanic horror movie is, I'm not saying secondary, but it's, it's all the package. The movie is not trying to just be one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you think about it, and I, I didn't actually think of this until you just said it right now, you know, it's actually, it's all my grandmother's fault while I'm in this position. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah because she accepted these guys um and they just ruined my life just totally ruined my life again and, and she tried to get you out of the same situation and the fact that the whole thing was set up so she just couldn't see that like she was yeah. gullible but not gullible out of there was no bad reason she, she was trying to do the best thing for you and unfortunately real life just comes through and well, says for sorry for her too yeah yeah because she had to, she had to get the rent paid. You know what I mean? There, we had a vacancy, so we had to figure it out. It's it's wild, and you know, I was gonna say uh, the the chemistry between you and um, oh, uh, I I wish I had. It's so hard on some of these smaller movies to find a cast list, so I apologize. But um, yeah, the, the girl you end up um being in a relationship with um, what was the That's actress's a, name? Her her character name is Jasmine, but her actress yeah. name is Shaquana Shaquana Williams. Now, the, the chemistry between you two was great because your character, when we meet you, has that, you know, okay, cult boy doesn't know how to talk to girls, doesn't know how to interact. You know, you turn around from the girl on the bus, on the train, sorry. You know, there's a very awkwardness, and then that breaks down. Um, and yeah. that felt very natural, like when you start, you know, and again, the breakdown, it's revealed, you know, you've been creepily watching her, you know, <laughs> for, for a while. Yeah. But yeah. that, you know, it's it just it's really nice to see um because because she has less scenes than you but she's got she's got some chops too man like <laughs> the, oh yeah a lot of oh, emotion yeah. and her arc her arc is a rough one too so yeah i mean she dealt with a lot of stuff too um you know i'm not gonna blast it out there i want people to see the movie again but um of course you know i i i mean you know if we could i could kind of like um you know, empathize with her situation. Uh, granted, I'm doing some really sneaky, weird stuff on the back end of things, but my intentions were good. You know, yeah. and I was just fighting my own like insecurities and demons that I had I had been pushing off. You know what I mean? Um, and just like uh, repressing—that's what I was looking for. Um, so, but Jasmine, I mean, uh, Shaquana, she she's phenomenal. She also went to William Esper with us, um, not with me at the same time. I think she was more like Josh's era of it. Um, but, um, I mean, she was a joy to work with as well. I mean, we, we had a lot of time to talk uh, before we shot most of our scenes together. Uh, so, like, I mean, as you, like you said, she's not in a lot of scenes, but the scenes that she, were, she was in was really impactful and yeah. influential to my character arc. So we got to spend a lot of time with each other um, as actors, but also just as characters. And... You know, she was easy to to fall for um, on screen, like easily. You know what I mean? Like her character is amazing. Josh wrote her to be a great person that Nathan kind of needs. You know, Nate. She she in a way saves Nathan, and Nathan kind of goes out on the limb to try to like prove to her, you know, that he he's not what he thinks that he is, or what's going on. Um, you know, what happens with that is upon you watching the film. But uh, Shaquan is great. I mean. My favorite scene of the film is uh, the scene when I'm basically confessing what's going on to me uh, on the couch. Um, yeah, like that's my that was one of my favorite scenes. Actually, that was my favorite scene to shoot, um, but it was also just my favorite scene just in general. Um, which actually was uh, the the callback scene in the audition, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't wait to do that one. So what um. You know, obviously, you know, the movie looks fantastic. And like I said, you know, a lot of people can shoot, can put a fantastic looking image on screen now with the technology out there. But it still takes someone that knows what they're doing to actually make it all 
cut together well and get the angles right. And there, this movie is is just very very well put together in that respect. It's filmed great. It's acted great. It's edited great. Um, written great. Uh, but what's the what was the production like on this? Was it you know because again this is coming from a guy who you know. I, I I was always the production coordinator when I got along with, around with right. my friends. So we, we we did this little zombie movie, and there was a scene where we had to have there were like ten actors on screen, and we had a crew of like makeup people and all this. But again, this is just goofy hey. kids <laughs> hanging out in the woods. But like, what's like how big was the was the production on this? Like in in a scene, uh, like who was there? The, the the production was not big at all. Um, Good. I mean, I think we had like sometimes it would be like a handful of people. Uh, I would say like maybe early on, it was like maybe like in like the, like almost 10 people, but like that was really rare. I think it was more so just like one to five extra people in addition to the actors, you know what I mean? Um, So it was very, 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 it was very intimate. Every single day was very, very intimate. Um, And which made it also easier to come to work and perform and do what you have to do every day. Because uh, at that point you're very familiar with these people that are watching you and that you're around because you've had uh, breakfast with them, you've had lunch with them, you've talked with them, uh, you know, they know who you are and how you work uh, and vice versa. Um, but don't get me wrong, like, you know, I would say a skeleton crew, if, I guess if, if we're talking film terms, because um, a lot of now, a lot of productions now are skeleton crew because of COVID, but um, I guess we kind of had one because of our budget. Um, but, you know, it, it, it literally, it's kind of like, you know, if you're, if you and your buddies that you grew up with from the neighborhood, just like, yo, you know, make a film. That's really what it was. And it was awesome. so, it was so youthful and like intimate because of that. And it just made it so much fun. Um, and at times, you know, sometimes I would help PA or I would help hold something to get something yeah, yeah. for the next shot. Or, you know, uh, Josh or Jasmine or Josh or Shaquana or Megan would do the same thing. Uh, I mean, we had... Uh, Jimmy DeMarco, who was our camera op, he was also our gaffer. He was our electrician. He was a, like literally he wore he he wore so many hats, um, and he brought so much to the film. Um, shout out to uh, Jimmy DeMarco wherever he is. He is an amazing uh, individual. Uh, he just has a lot of ideas. Another film buff, uh, horror film buff with Josh. The were being talked about were amongst them too, uh, as well. But I mean, we we kind of all wore different hats you know um depending on the day depending on what we had to do or where we had to be um you know it was it was just an overall intimate process and it was really fun to be a part of that kind of experience because i had prior to working on displace i you know living in new york since going to college and then acting school like one of my jobs was i was a i was a production assistant on like you know shows shooting in like the new york city uh jersey area like legit like productions, um, like Mr. Robot, for example, that was my most recent one. Um, and so great. it was totally different to see how like a major budget show or any production is versus like super, super indie. Because like what people don't know is like an independent film in Hollywood is like five, six million dollars. You know what I mean? It's like four yeah. million dollars. But like, I'm not going to say how much we made this. I'll let Josh do that. Cause that's more his lane than mine. But um you know, we didn't make it for much, but we did with what we had. And it really showed me that, you know, if you have an idea and you have friends that are willing and just as passionate about filmmaking and creating that you are, as you are, you can do anything you want. You don't necessarily need the huge, big budget. I mean, yes, it would be great to have these things because now your options become more expansive and you can do way more. But I mean, you know, at surface level, you can make a great film. You know what I mean? That people can appreciate, even yourself, if no one else does. You know what I mean? Uh, so this film really heightened my level of appreciation for indie filmmaking, uh, without doubt. Um, oh, yeah. Because actually, I, I have my own company that I've started called Flatbed Entertainment. And, you know, right now we're pretty independent until we get those big budget for, for, for any film. You know what I mean? So this showed me that I can do it myself. I love that name, by the way. Because if, if, if you're an indie production company, flatbed is just so perfect. Like we rolled, we rolled up on the single flatbed with all our stuff. It's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's it. what's funny is that what's what's funny it's funny that you said that because I was talking to a, a buddy of mine um, the other day, and I was talking. He was like, "Yo, why is your company called Flatbed Entertainment?" Um, and actually, this is the first time uh, I'm going to be going on record saying how I got my name for my production right. company. Uh, so. 
yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so, you know, if I can give you like a crash course, um, when I was in my first year of acting school, I was living on in a basement floor in Brooklyn uh, in the wintertime in the hallway. And it was like freezing. Uh, it was like the most shittiest circumstances that you could be in um, oh. as creative. But, you know, it, it, it but it was those those times that you know I remembered. So I was sleeping on a blow up mattress and throughout the night, uh, eventually the, the bed, the mattress would just get, get going. It would literally just deflate. Uh-huh. So I'd wake up at like 2, 3 a.m., literally like on the floor, just, you know, cold. And I would have to like wake up my my boy who was living next, like literally like in the door next next to me. Because um, I was like literally outside of his room in the hallway. Uh, I'd have to wake him up. I'm sure I woke him up. Um, his door was closed. But I'm sure I woke him up trying to inflate the blow up mattress again. Um, so, you know, despite those shitty circumstances, uh, and me going flat in the middle of the night and having to inflate again, what kept me sane, uh, throughout those times were all the stories that I wanted to tell as a writer, as an actor, be a part of, you know what I mean? Uh, all the things that I wanted to do, um, and just the type of artist that I wanted to be. So, you know, when it came time to like, how, what am I going to name my company? I thought back to those times that, you know, those humble beginnings of the flatbed. So, Thus, oh. I bet entertainment and you know, I, like that's very personal to me. However, you know, you, Chris, you said you're an engineer, uh, yeah. you know, you're film buff guy on the side, but look, you know, I'm sure you have dreams beyond what you do day to day. Every night, I'm you always- go to a flatbed, some type of flatbed surface, whether it's a, a couch, the floor, a, a futon, uh, a, like a blow up mattress, whatever it is, everyone dreams at night when they go to sleep and they dream on some type of flat surface, some flat bed of some kind. Um, so I felt it was indicative to my story and it was personal to me, but I also felt like titling it that would also make it uh, intimate for other people too to want to support and you know help me out wherever they see fit because it's like we all have our own flatbed story or our flatbed dream. You know what I mean? So that was mine. Oh, see, now that, that's special right there. I love that. Um, please uh, keep keep me in mind and keep me um, in tune with what you got going on as you have stuff coming out because that that just that right there. I, I kind of want to like get off the when we get off this call. I want to just go make something now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's it's funny that you talk about the super indie productions and then you know independent films being you know like five six million dollar things. I I love this new. Um, trend not new trend but this this trend that's getting more leverage and people are finding out about more in in bigger quote-unquote hollywood productions to be more indie and it 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 streams down from like the blumhouse like a24 groups um but i i loved reading from jamie lee curtis she was talking about the newest halloween film and said you know you gotta love these guys she says i'm making this movie you know, with a guy that's basically directed comedies up to this point that wrote a, wrote a script for a Halloween movie. And I've got John Carpenter on set. She said, but because it's Blumhouse, she goes, they understand that to make these movies for cheap enough and to make these movies feel authentic, they have to run their sets and productions in a cheaper way. She goes, we don't have trailers. She goes, we're staying at local right. hotels and sleeping on people's couches. She goes... I slept in my car one of the nights that, you know, we were here. She goes, this is how you make authentic feeling films. She goes, and it reminded me of making the very first one of these with John Carpenter back in 78. And I'm like, that is so cool. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and it just makes it so much like, like it makes the experience so much better. You know what I mean? Like, cause everyone's on the same level of playing, you know what I mean? Like, no one's higher or above, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're all here for one thing and one common goal. And let's just fucking do it, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it just, it's just like, it just, my experience uh, on this place uh, really, like, sealed the deal of, like, yo, I would, I would do this every day if I could and not have to work a job that I don't want, you know what I mean? Uh, Even with an indie budget of, like, small pay, you know what I mean? It, the, the reward is always much better. You know what I mean? And if you're hey, following your heart it, and your truth, everything comes comes everything comes in abundance. Trust me. And you and you get to talk to guys like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I hope that this isn't like the first time, the, the last time, the first or the last time, because uh, you know I don't know if anyone else knows this, but this is actually like my first interview um, as an actor. It's my first podcast. So 
I will forever cherish uh, this call, uh, this show, what you're doing, your platform, very close to me. Um, you know, if I'm ever fortunate to make it big, I hope that we, you know, we still stay in contact. And like, I, I will definitely, whatever you want, Chris, I'm there. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm hopping man, on the awesome. phone with you. I'm doing whatever, like you have my word. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Oh, I appreciate that. And you know, I, you, you say that, you know, um, as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, the making it big for you as an actor, I, I hope the same for you, but the, the level of quality in this film and this performance and the, you know, I, I've been picking the movies I review for the Horror Fest based on, you know, seeing the rumblings and everybody is just loving this movie. Like this, this has just been, and you know, I, I saw it and I'm like, I, I looked at the picture and read the description and I go, oh, this is going to be great. And I was more than, more than impressed. And then now getting to talk to you and learning more of the behind the scenes, like how long was the production on this? Were you guys, you know, was it like, oh, you know, Josh is like, you know, the type of guy that makes me do 2,500 takes and he's a real ball buster. Or is it, you know, like a gorilla crew shooting real fast? Like what was it like? <laughs> Uh, it, it, the, the pendulum would swing depending on the scenes that we were shooting for that day or just the day in general. Uh, some, there's some scenes that like Josh just knows what he wants. Like he has, he has a, a scene, like he'll, he'll have the scene have already been played out in his head. Sometimes like we would create something different or like something like maybe like an improvised moment or whatever would happen. And he's like, Oh my God, like, that's great. Let's keep doing that. Like, you know what I mean? Or whatever that was, just keep doing that. And then he'll take it. But, um, overall it was pretty quick. It was a guerrilla style filming. Uh, situation um there were some scenes that he would just wanted to just keep doing more takes um and i don't know what he was looking for but evidently he got what he was looking for uh and some scenes you kind of want that you know as an actor it's like look i wasn't all the way there like maybe i, I could have did this better you know what i mean um let, let's do it another time like i would always ask him i would actually beg him sometimes for more takes uh just because my first film there's like a lot of like nervousness and anxiety that comes with that so i just wanted to make sure that i was doing uh nathan justice and also just what we're trying to do so uh but i would say overall it was guerrilla style but there were some moments where josh was like nope nope let's do another take there's another thing i'm like okay it's fine let's do it you know what i mean um but nobody was nobody complained it was all good you know what i mean um and our producer uh rika she was also amazing too uh, another esper william esper alumni um she would also help because uh, sometimes Josh would have to direct and act on certain days. So <laughs> that's when Rika would kind of step in because um, it was hard sometimes for Josh to wear two different hats. Um, but the fact that he was able to do it and pull the, pull it off, I don't know how people like him or Clint Eastwood or, you know, any director who directs themselves. I'm sometimes Quentin Tarantino. Like I just can only Denzel Washington and fences. Like I just don't know how people do it, but Clearly, it's possible. Maybe one day I'll be able to do that, but I've got a long way to go. Um, but much, much admiration and respect to people who do do that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was Gorilla, but it was cool. You know what I mean? No problems. Nice. There. Nice. Well, I, I don't want to keep you forever, but obviously you and I could talk forever about this movie because it's great. Yeah. I to, oh, wait. I, I do want to add that we did this in like a month. Yeah. I think that's that kind of like what you were getting at as well. Yeah. Yep. No, you know, you, you answered yeah, the like question what? perfectly, but I, I wanted to leave you with, is there anything else popping up in your ba brain that I haven't touched on? Because again, I think it's smart to not, my, my review has a lot of spoilers in it. I find it hard to review movies without doing that. <laughs> I, I try to yeah. tell people, you know, I try to give a quick synopsis at the beginning and go, before I tell you what goes on in this, go see it and then come back. But I want to give you enough mm -hmm. that'll make you decide if you want to see it. But I don't want to blow anything more about this movie but is there something i've missed that like you want to make sure people know about it before um before we wrap um you know if i'm being quite honest with you sir I, i'm the same way um I, I think we've actually touched on just about everything um i could be entirely wrong um but i'm also a guy that's like look watch the film or watch the show and then let's talk about it you know what i mean and i don't yep. want to give any spoilers either um because you know this is my first podcast interview. So I'm kind of like learning the ropes of like how to talk about stuff, but also not give stuff away. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think, I think we've, I think we've talked about it well enough to get people to have some interest in it, you know? And then, Hey, if they want to reach out to you on Twitter or maybe talk to you or to some capacity, 
you know, ping me and let's, let's have that round table conversation. I'm awesome. so down for that. Awesome. Well then I'll, I'll ask you the next thing as a, as this being your first big movie out of, out of college, you know, if you had something to say to aspiring actors or filmmakers, either going to college there or just, you know, some kid who's eight years old that has his dad's camera, that's trying to make something, you know, what, a, <laughs> what, what advice or something cool, you know, just s- something at all. You could even say, no, run away. Don't, ah, <laughs> whatever you want. Um, you know, I, I, can I say more than one thing? Can I say three things? You can say whatever you want, man. All right. So I'm going to start off with, uh, and a lot of my friends, a lot of my close friends know that I'm a big advocate for trusting the process. And like, I, as cliche as that sounds like that, that phrase of just trust the process, um, you really do have to do it because if you trust it, it will work. It will get you to where you have to go. There are many moments where, you know, I was on the basement floor and I was freezing and I was flat. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know why I was even in that situation, but I trusted why I was there. That is a part, it is a part of my journey and process. And now I'm not in that, you know what I mean? now the reward of that, of those days of, you know, going to class, coming home late at night and all that stuff, like it's all a part of the process and the journey. And if you trust it, it will get you to where you have to go. Like now, because of those, me trusting those moments and those times, I'm able to have conversations like this that are amazing. You know what I mean? And I hope that I get to have more of these conversations. You know what I mean? So definitely trusting the process. Um, figure out your why. That would be my second thing. And that's something that I've recently learned, um, like out of school. Like you got to figure out why you're doing what you're doing um, because your why will then influence the decisions that you make going forward. And make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Like that's, that's included in your why. You know what I mean? Like why do you want to act? Why do you want to be a producer? Why do you want to be an engineer? Why do you want to have a podcast? Why do you, you know what I'm saying? Like if it's for a legit reason, that's all you need and nothing can ever stop you. Like nothing. A pandemic can't stop you. Friends or naysayers can't stop you. Your parents can't stop you. The only adversary that you have is you. So figure that out. Um, uh, And I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it with those two. I'm not going to give you a third. I'm just going to leave it with those two. I think those are pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Philip. This has been um, an absolute joy. I, I hope you had a good time. I don't know if you, um, what you expected, but I'm, you've given me more than I ever could have expected. So I, I really appreciate it. I had zero expectations coming in here. Um, I don't. I actually don't like coming into anything with any expectations because that messes up your hopes if it doesn't hit that or even close. So you know, I'm just grateful that again that you felt compelled to even want to talk to me. Like it's so it's it's still kind of surreal to me. Because like I'm 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 seeing the reviews like I'm seeing them here and there like I, I don't try to I don't want to focus on them I don't want to get wrapped up into that aspect of this what what we do um, but every once in a while like you know I'll see one I'm like all right I'll just tap into it and see what happens and you know it's just crazy to see the reception and it's just it's a blessing it's it's surreal it's you know I it, I don't I I can't see why someone would want to write a do a podcast review or an article review on like this little thing that we just did for fun, you know, just to, you know, figure out if we can really do this thing, you know what I mean? Like little old me. So uh, I'm very grateful for the reception. Um, and I'm lost for words, honestly. Um, I'm just, even if you hated it, you know what I mean? Like at least you, you watched it and you had, and it made you feel something. I could see if like you watched it and you felt absolutely nothing, then we've failed. We, we've, we've not done our jobs, but if you liked it, great. If you hated it, it's fine. Why did you hate it? Or what was the, re- you know what I'm saying? Like, we can have dialogue, but if, if we didn't make you feel anything, then what are we here for? What do we do? You know what I mean? So um, I appreciate everything. It's just the thought alone uh, to me is enough. You know, whether I get to do more podcasts or shows as such, or if more articles come out, I think alone, if I didn't have any of that, the thought alone that people would want to watch this um, or take time out of their out of their day to find time to watch it is enough for me. So uh, I'm happy, brother. I'm good. And, you know, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I hope one day, uh, if we ever do another podcast that, you know, I can come to Boston. I think you you said you were based in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just north of Boston. Shop. Yeah. We can set up shop in the studio or whatever, even if it's in your garage, you know, it's gorilla style it out and just, you know, just get back to the core of, you know, the heart of why we do what we do. You know what I mean? Dude, uh, I will hold you to that. If you're ever in the area, let's do that. And I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I've been in Boston either. So I might take you up on that. That'd be awesome, man. Well, um, and again, uh, b- because I have t- 
terrible short-term memory loss. I'll say this, this has been Chris Chipman and Philip. Is it Jayoni or Jayoni? Jayoni. 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 See, that's, that's where the short-term memory is. Like I heard you say it at the beginning and I'd, I'll, I'll let you correct me on air. Everybody needs to know that I'm imperfect. Um, but no, I, I want to okay. make sure I, I feel like that's something I'll be doing. I'll be doing that for a little bit until people just get familiar with the name. You know what I mean? But that's okay. I have Absolutely. no, no problem doing that. No problem. doing that. No, it's, it's okay. I just, like I said, I like to represent people in the proper way. Um, you know, we've been talking about uh, Salem horror fest, 2020 uh, world premiere displaced. It's a film starring Philip. Um, we'll have other members of the cast and the film's director and co-star on soon. Philip, like I said, dude, this is just blowing my mind. And I know it's the same way I do. And anytime anyone ever comes to me and goes, oh, my God, I'm, I can't believe you wanted to have me on your show. And I go, who am I? And you, you're from the same right, reaction. Right. Small guy that, <laughs> but people, people get people connect. And it's I love that the Internet and podcasting and just independent film getting this reach now. You can find, you can meet that person you connect with, whether it's 20 people, whether it's 200,000 people. It's just, there's something that I think people forget. People go, oh, you know, you just, you're out there, you know, just being goofy and, you know, you know, trying to get people to like your stuff. And I go, yeah, because it's a, it's electric when someone else gets you, if you connect with someone. Yeah. That's not fake. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And again, like you? I told you, like, I mean, me and you connecting with, not fake it was so organic it was like yeah absolutely like what are we doing like, let's hop on the phone right now you know what i mean i love it dude well um you know again i i gotta get back to work i'm sure you do too or you gotta do something but i would open invitation would love to have you on again hey if something amazing happens with the film you know like it should you know i i would not be surprised if this doesn't get some sort of um indie label pickup you know whatever happens in movies i don't know how that we're, process works we're willing Lord yeah, willing. we we hope. Yeah, absolutely. But but like like I told um I, I told Josh and you know I could say that about most of the movies I've seen I could easily see this having you know the type of you know like it follows Babadook you know those kind of movies that get like that mm-hmm. it's an art house film but it's got a big production company behind it that really cares about it um this this movie is definitely in that in that pedigree so I I really mean that wow. I appreciate you saying that. And I hope that, I mean, I don't know what film has in store as far as its future, but you know, Hey, it would be cool to have like a cool, like cult classic kind of film where like 10 years down the line, people are still talking about it. You know what I mean? That would be kind of cool. Like I would love that. Like I, I've always wanted to have that experience. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, time will tell what, what happens and where it goes. So, um, but yeah. All right, man. Well, again, been chris chipman we're talking about displaced here with philip the film star um we'll talk to you all soon thank you so much for listening thank you thank you for having me